This podcast is brought to you by the Reformed Witness Committee of Hope Protestant Reformed Church in Walker, Michigan. It is our goal to spread our distinct Protestant Reformed views based on the Word of God and the Reformed Confessions. We hope that this message is edifying to you. We read from God's Word this morning as we find it in Deuteronomy chapter 29. Deuteronomy chapter 29. Hear the Word of God. These are the words of the covenant which the Lord commanded Moses to make with the children of Israel in the land of Moab, beside the covenant which he made with them at Horeb. And Moses called unto all Israel and said unto them, Ye have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt unto Pharaoh and unto all his servants and unto all his land. The great temptations which thine eyes have seen, the signs and those great miracles. Yet the Lord hath not given you an heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. And I have led you forty years in the wilderness Your clothes are not waxen old upon you, and thy shoe is not waxen old upon thy foot. Ye have not eaten bread, neither have ye drunk wine or strong drink, that ye might know that I am the Lord your God. When he came unto this place, Sihon, the king of Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us unto battle, and we smote them. And we took their land and gave it for an inheritance unto the Reubenites, unto the Gadites, unto the half-tribe of Manasseh. Keep, therefore, the words of this covenant, and do them, that he may prosper in all that ye do. Ye stand this day, all of you, before the Lord your God, your captains of your tribes, your elders and your officers, with all the men of Israel, your little ones, your wives, and thy stranger that is in thy camp, from the hewer of thy wood unto the drawer of thy water, that thou shouldest enter into covenant with the Lord thy God, and into his oath, which the Lord thy God maketh with thee this day, that he may establish thee today for a people unto himself, and that he may be unto thee a God, as he hath said unto thee, and as he hath sworn unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Neither with you only do I make this covenant and this oath, but with him that standeth here with us this day before the Lord our God, and also with him that is not here with us this day. For you know how we have dwelt in the land of Egypt, and how we came through the nations which ye passed by, And ye have seen their abominations and their idols, wood and stone, silver and gold, which were among them. Lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe, whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God, to go and serve the gods of these nations. Lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. And it come to pass, when he heareth the words of this curse, that he blessed himself in his heart, saying, 
I shall have peace, though I walk in the imagination of mine heart, to add drunkenness to thirst. The Lord will not spare him. But then the anger of the Lord and his jealousy shall smoke against that man. And all the curses that are written in this book shall lie upon him. And the Lord shall blot out his name from under heaven. And the Lord shall separate him unto evil out of all the tribes of Israel, according to all the curses of the covenant that are written in this book of the law, so that the generation to come of your children that shall rise up after you, and the stranger that shall come from a far land shall say, when they see the plagues of that land, and the sickness which the Lord hath laid upon it, and that the whole land thereof is brimstone and salt and burning, that it is not sown, nor beareth, nor any grass groweth therein, like the overthrow of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboam, which the Lord overthrew in His anger and in His wrath. Even all nations shall say, Wherefore hath the Lord done thus unto this land? What meaneth the heat of this great anger? Then men shall say, Because they have forsaken the covenant, of the Lord God of their fathers, which He made with them when He brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. For they went and served other gods and worshipped them, gods whom they knew not, and whom He had not given unto them. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against this land to bring upon it all the curses that are written in this book. And the Lord rooted them out of their land in anger and in wrath and in great indignation and cast them into another land. And it is this day. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. We read that far in God's holy and inspired Word. We turn now to the Heidelberg Catechism, which is based on Scripture to Lord's Day 49. Lord's Day 49. The third petition. Which is the third petition? Answer, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That is, grant that we and all men may renounce our own will and without murmuring obey Thy will, which is only good that so everyone may attend to and perform the duties of his station and calling as willingly and faithfully as the angels do in heaven. Beloved, in the Lord Jesus Christ, I begin with a question this morning. Do you know God's will for your life? Do you know God's will for your life? 
Many would answer this question in this way. No, I don't. I don't know God's will. His ways are mysterious. I don't know what He will do for me in the future. I don't know what God's will is for my present circumstances. I don't know His will, His purposes for my trials. I don't know His will, why He does what He does. His will is mysterious to me. Some would answer the question that way. And if you do, you are speaking some truth. And yet at the same time, it may be as well that you have a great misunderstanding regarding the will of God. So that you live as though you have no direction in life. This agnostic attitude regarding God's will may reveal a problem which we need to correct this morning with God's Word. For while it is true that there are aspects of God's will that are secret and hidden from our minds and hearts at this time, it is not true that God's will is completely hidden so that it is utterly mysterious and we have no direction in life. For while God has hidden some, He has revealed His will to us in many ways. And so when you hear that question, do you know God's will for your life? You should answer that while there are mysterious things regarding God's will, yet much of it is clear to me. I know His will. And more... I want His will to be done. I want to do His will. Along with others in the church, I want them, as the Catechism says, all men to do or to obey Thy will. This is something demonstrated for us in Deuteronomy 29, verse 29 especially, the last verse that we read in God's Word. The people of Israel with Moses as representatives speak of secret things which belong to God. Many things that belong to God that are secret. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God. That's the will of God that is secret yet hidden. But, the people of Israel say with Moses, along with God, those things which are revealed belong to us. There are things which God has revealed to us and to our children forever so that we may do all the words of this law. I remind you of the context of Deuteronomy 29. The people of Israel are on the eastern side of the Jordan River, about to cross the Jordan River into the land of Canaan. And before they enter into the land of Canaan to conquer the land and to settle down in that promised land, God gathers His people with Moses as their leader and reminds them of the covenant. He does not make a new, a brand new covenant with them, a different one that He had made with them before. But He reiterates the covenant. 
He shows them His friendship. He shows them His oath or His promises in the covenant that He would be their God and they would be His people forever. He reminds them of His grace. And then He also reminds them of their part in the covenant. That in thankfulness, they were to obey His law. The book named Deuteronomy tells us that this is the book in which God gives the law for the second time. Before they enter into the land of Canaan, God shows them His covenant and then shows them also the law again that they were to obey in thanksgiving for the friendship that God had established with them. And having done so, you see, after God gives or shows them His covenant and His law, the people of Israel, led by Moses, say what we find in verse 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of the law. What God's people are saying there is that there are things which are secret regarding God's will. Those things belong to God. That which we cannot pry into. But our focus, the people of Israel are saying, is on the will of God as revealed to us. That belongs for us, to us, to do. Thy will be done. Consider this third petition with me as explained by the Catechism based on God's Word here in Deuteronomy 29 also under the theme, praying for God's will to be done. Praying for God's will to be done. First, discerning God's will. Second, submitting to God's will. And then finally, praying for God's will to be done. The third petition of the Lord's Prayer speaks of God's will. And children, God's will is simply what God wants. What God wants. We can say, and the third petition is, Father, Thy wants be done. Whatever Thou does want. Not what I want, but what Thou does want. Let that be done. When Scripture speaks of God's will or what God wants, it speaks of His will or what He wants in, in two senses. Because we are reading from Deuteronomy 29, especially 20, verse 29, as we consider this petition of God's will or want, we can distinguish God's will in this way. His secret will, that which He has hidden, and then His revealed will. It is sometimes also distinguished by theologians as His will of decree, that which is hidden in His counsel, His plan, 
versus His will of command, that which is revealed to us for us to do. There are some things about God's will, what He wants, that are secret, hidden in His mind, and not shown to us. When the people of Israel, in verse 29, speak of that which belonged to God, though they don't use the word will, they are referring to God's secret will or His will of decree. And those people in the land of Israel or among the Israelites must have had questions about God's will. Of His decree. That which is hidden. For example, they may have asked, what is God's will concerning the destiny of our future generations. As they stood on the eastern side of the Jordan River, looking into Canaan, and they thought about Jericho, remember? They thought about all the enemies that they had to conquer. They must have wondered what it was going to be like, how difficult it was to conquer the giants of that land, to knock down the walls of that land. They didn't know that. The will of God's decree hidden from them. What will be in the future, they may have asked. And since you read, you, you, you heard in Deuteronomy 29, the many threats which God gave of curses that would come, judgments that would come upon the land and even upon the Israelites if they forsook God. A question they may have had was, Would Israel apostatize? How soon? Would we face the judgments that God threatens here? How soon? And they may have looked around them with the fellow Israelites that were standing there on the eastern side of the Jordan River and wondered, which ones here are hypocrites? Reprobate, who may act like the elect children of God, but aren't. All questions regarding the hidden will of God. Secret to them. And they confess the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. And beloved, we often have questions like that regarding God's secret will, don't we? We might ask, who is elect and who is reprobate among the members of the church? We might ask, what is going on in the intentions of their heart? We don't know. How long will Hope Protestant Reformed Church in the PRC denomination continue to be a true church of Jesus Christ? What is the difficult road ahead for us? What battles do we yet have to fight? Is there going to be another disappointment? Another minister leaving? Another split? When will the trials, the pain, the disease, the conflict be over? Will they be over? What are God's plans for me? Will I die tomorrow? Will a loved one of mine perish tomorrow? When exactly will Jesus return? Who will I marry? Will I remain single? What will be my occupation next year? Will I have a job? Will this economy continue to survive? About God's will, we must remember there is much that is secret. 
for good reason. It's exactly God's will that He keeps it hidden from us. And confess with the Israelites, the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. Here's our problem. In our pride, in our fear, our discontentment according to our sinful nature, we want to know God's will of decree. We want to pry into that which He has kept hidden. And we expend our mind, our mental energy, our emotions, and we even get angry trying to figure it out. What is God's will? In doing so, we forget and get distracted from from the second sense in which God speaks of His will, which God wants us to focus on. Not that which He has kept hidden, but that which He has revealed. That's what the people of Israel and Moses did. They focused on that which is revealed. Those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. That we may do all the words of the law. There is a revealed will of God. The will of His command. In His Word, He gives us clear direction as to what He wants. And just because He hides certain things from us does not mean that He hides everything from us. Young person, you may not say, I don't know what God's will is for me at all. I don't know what I should do. I don't know what to do with my life. That's not true. You might not know what is for tomorrow. But you know God's will for you today. In all the words of this law, the people of Israel say, in His Word, in His commandments, in the Ten Commandments and in many other commandments in Scripture. His commands are His will for me. Now the question to answer is this, when Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer to pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in what sense is He speaking of God's will? Do we mean, and does Jesus want us to mean in the Lord's Prayer, may Thy secret or hidden will be done, will of decree? Or did Jesus mean, and does He want us to mean when we pray, Thy will of command, that which God has revealed to us to do, that to be done. And the answer is both, both. And yet, the answer is also this, the emphasis is on God's will of command, what He has revealed for us to do. And that we see in the Catechism. The Catechism shows us that this is the proper emphasis It says in answer to what thy will be done means, that is, grant that we and all men may renounce our own will, and what is the main verb now, without murmuring, obey thy will. 
And the word obey tells us that the catechism is emphasizing the will of command. That which, what, that which God wants and reveals to us in His law, in His word. The catechism also speaks of duties, that so everyone may attend to and perform the duties of his station and calling. Duties imply that this is what God calls us or commands us to do. When we pray, Thy will be done, we are asking that God help us, God aid us by His grace and Holy Spirit, to obey His will of command. That especially, out of thanks, remember, as the context in which the catechism is in, in the third part, how we ought to show our gratitude to God for so great a deliverance, since we know our deliverance in Jesus Christ, since we know that He has finished the work of earning salvation for us, out of thanks, we want to obey His will of command. But we know we can't of ourselves, and so we pray. Help me Thy will to do. Thy will be done. This is so important for our life. We often get distracted, as I said, by trying to play the prophet, trying to play the prophet, meaning trying to predict what God's will is that He has kept hidden or secret to us. And so the college student might stress about what God's secret will is for his future occupation instead of focusing on his duties in his present occupation as a student. Or a parent might be so consumed about, about what might be for his son or her daughter in the future, what dangers he or she might have to face, instead of focusing on the will of God as a parent, to train him or her up in the fear of God today. Elders might stress about how how the congregation or how the people might respond to a certain decision they make or what might happen if they discipline. And that is distracting from doing what God wants, what is right today. A husband or a wife might struggle about What's going on in my spouse's heart? What if, I, what if I love him or what if I love her and she won't love me back or he won't love me back? And the mind is occupied on God's secret will rather than focus on how ought I to love her? How ought I to love him? Unconditionally, as God commands me in His will of command. Or we get so upset about our trial in life. And we're so troubled by it. And there is proper sorrow. But we get so troubled, so upset about 
what God's purpose might be in sending me this sickness, this conflict, this hardship. And we forget even to think about, well, what is God's will for me today that He wants me to do? What He calls me unto? The secret things belong to God. But those things which are revealed belong to us. That we may do that which is in His law. The third petition, you see, is a request, a petition, that God would help us discern His will of command especially. And not be distracted trying to pry into the secret and mysterious things of God. One example, illustration in the Bible is the story, children, remember, of Daniel's friends. Daniel's three friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And there's that story of the fiery furnace, you remember. And Nebuchadnezzar had commanded that which was against the will of God, meaning against the will of God's command. He told them that they had to bow down to his image when they heard the sounds of music and trumpets and so on. And those three godly men knew the revealed will of God. That wasn't hidden to them. They knew the commandments of God. And thanks for their Savior and love for Him, they knew that they ought not do the will of the King, but the will of God. And the consequence, Nebuchadnezzar said, was the burning, fiery furnace. And the three friends did think about what might happen. What might be God's will of decree, His plan? They may have had questions about whether God was going to let them die. Was Nebuchadnezzar going to change, their mind, change his mind if they stood up to him? Or maybe was God going to save them in the fiery furnace? They didn't know the hidden things of God. And so they said, if it be so, Daniel 3, that our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. He is able, but we don't know His will. It may or may not be so. But if not, if it's not the case that it's His will to deliver us, they said, be it known unto thee, O King, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. They focused on God's will of command, leaving it up to God whether He would save them from that fiery furnace. May that be our mindset, our approach to life, and even as we pray this Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done. The focus and emphasis on the third petition is the same focus and emphasis in Deuteronomy 29.29. 29. But now having discerned God's will from Scripture, we're called to submit to God's will. Submit to God's will. And so in the third petition, when we pray, Thy will be done, we are asking God to help us submit. Submit. Catechism speaks of submitting to God's will when it uses the language of renouncing. That we and all men may 
renounce our own will. And without murmuring, obey. Renounce means to give up. That's the idea of submission. Renounce means to, in our hearts, and maybe even sometimes with our mouths, say, not my will, but thy will be done. But not mine. Our nature is to insist on mine, my will, to rebel against his will, to think, my, my will is actually better than God's. So we pray, help me to submit. Renounce mine. And align mine, my will to His will. This submission to God's will, we can apply to a submission to God's will of decree. Or His Hidden will. God has planned all things according to His plan or His will of decree. He has elected us. He has sent Christ in the fullness of time for us. Start there. According to His will, his plan, he has spared not his own son, but he has given him up for us all. And he has promised that he will also with this son freely give us all things, meaning all things according to that will, even when it is hidden, is for us and can never be against us, for our good, even when we don't understand how it's for our good. This God, with His will of decree, has planned all things to work together for our good, including death, including widowhood, including many children so that we feel too busy in our home life or no children of our own. His will includes singlehood, or a difficult spouse. His will includes consequences of our own sins and also the hurt and the consequences of other sins against us. His will of decree includes financial hardship or so much so much that we wonder about the dangers it is to us and to our children. His will includes limited gifts, looks to our body and face which we might not prefer. His will includes membership in the church where there is strife or peace. Problems which we cannot fix in a moment. And must bear with. 
God's will of decree includes everything for my good, including all of the difficulties and hardships and even sin. And we don't deal with that so well. We get angry. And we say just with the circumstances of life. But we mean we're angry with God and His will of decree. Often the expressions of our anger against one another and frustration are really our manner of shaking our fists at God. We know that. We don't submit so well to His will of decree. And so we pray. We pray. Help me. Help me to submit. Help me to trust, first of all, that God does have good purposes for me in Jesus Christ. And though He keeps it hidden, it's for me. Help me to lean not on my own understanding, but to renounce my own will and not murmur against His. And even in the midst of sorrow, help me not to be bitter and angry, but rest content in His will, His plan. In the midst of hardship, regarding His decree, God also calls us to submit to His will of command. So there is the will of decree we must submit to. At the same time, remember that third petition is about His will of command. And you know and I know that it's especially in the midst of difficult circumstances that have taken place according to God's plan that is especially difficult for us to obey, to now submit to His will of command. Our nature is rebellious, so that in the midst of difficulty, when God calls us to obey in spite of my spouse not obeying, to obey even if others are, are attacking me, to rest content and continue doing His commandments when others around me are not doing His commandments. That's when it's most difficult. We want to rebel. We'd rather respond sinfully or be apathetic, give up. Use our difficult circumstances as an excuse not to obey God's will. And so, the prayer, help me to submit not only to Thy will of decree what Thou hast planned, but help me to submit to Thy will of command even in the midst of difficult circumstances which He, which God, has planned. That everyone may attend, the Catechism says, 
attend to and perform the duties of our station and calling. Our station refers to the specific circumstance of life in which God has placed us. And each one of us, God has placed in unique, different stations. Some as fathers, some as mothers, some as children, some as office bearers, some as members in the church, in the office of every believer, some in the workforce, some in the school. Many different stations. He's placed you in a specific family with a specific last name under a specific authority in a particular church like this one. And in each of these stations of life with multiple callings, plural, we're called to do what God wills, what He calls us to. As you search Scripture, the Bible will not explicitly say, my will is that you, Mrs. So-and-so, cook a meal for your family so that your family may gather around the table and enjoy fellowship and devotions. But when God arranges your station in life as such, that you are a mother with children, then there is His calling, even when there are difficulties, to perform your duties and station in your station and calling to His glory. The Bible doesn't explicitly say to you, Mr. So-and-so, that you must work hard and then Come home from work, get home, and talk to your children. Be there, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally, to lead your family in godly fellowship and discussion around His Word. But He has arranged you in your station, many of you, with a calling to do His will in that sense. Children, He doesn't in the Bible say explicitly that you must go to school and listen to your teacher and when he or she assigns you a math assignment, you must take it home and you must work hard to do it the best of your ability, even if you don't like math or whatever subject. But God has placed you in a particular station and calling. Because you read in God's Word a calling to diligence. You know this is His will for you. There are many other examples I can bring up that you get the idea. And you hear how difficult it is. So you pray, help me to do thy will in my specific station in life where God has placed me. Even this, not just get it done, 
but in this manner, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Notice how the Catechism explains the manner in which we're supposed to be doing God's will. As willingly and faithfully as the angels do in heaven. As the angels do. When God in heaven tells the angels to go, He sends them forth in a particular calling to judge, to protect His people, to bring a message. Those angels in heaven willingly and faithfully carry out God's will, His will of command. They do exactly what God wants them to do, willingly, meaning without complaining and murmuring, they align their wills with God's will, and faithfully, meaning diligently. And that's our calling, but that's our prayer especially. That God would help us because we're not good at it ourselves, willingly, without murmuring, without complaining, and faithfully, diligently, do what He has us do, wants us to do, just as the angels. That's our desire. That's what we pray for, as the angels do in heaven. Faithfully. I said that means diligently. But don't forget too that faithfully, faithfully means out of faith. Out of faith. Out of a conscious faith. To do God's will faithfully is to do God's will or seek to do God's will depending on Him. And trusting in Him and in Jesus Christ our Savior. For the child of God, for the believer, it's not. Here's God's will, I'm going to go do it by myself. But rather, here's God's will. And first, I can't do it. I need to lean on Jesus Christ. Which brings us back to the cross, doesn't it? Christ, who has already done God's will. Christ, who has already done God's will perfectly, and that in our place. Christ, who went through His life obeying God's will of command, never complaining about God's will of decree, always fulfilling what God wanted as a perfect servant in our place. All the way unto the cross. So that you hear Him, you remember, you hear Him in the Garden of Gethsemane when He anticipated the full wrath of God poured out upon Him on that accursed tree. You heard, you heard His soul cry out, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, you renounce, not as I will, 
but as thou wilt. And that wasn't some passive renouncing. It wasn't simply, let it be what God wants. While I wait for it to happen. But it was, I will voluntarily take it upon myself. But God, God, what God wants me to do, I will take on hell. I will take on death. I will take on the curse. I will take on the cross for my people. He did God's will perfectly in our place for us. And that's exactly why we pray. Help me to do thy will. Because believing in this Jesus Christ who has fulfilled God's will in our place, and thanks, we want to do His will as well. Not to earn our salvation. Not imagining we can do it by ourselves. By trusting upon the same Jesus Christ to help us. We pray. Help me to discern what He wants me to do. Help me to submit to His will of decree and His will of command. And help me, enable me, faithfully and willingly, to do all things that Thou hast commanded out of thanks. Take my naturally rebellious heart that thinks my will is better. Take my naturally lazy heart that would rather be consumed with what He has hidden than what He has revealed. And cause me to submit. Take my heart addicted, yes, addicted, not only to alcohol or to pornography or to my phone or to whatever else on this earth, but addicted to my will. And break it. So that I can have a heart like Christ's. Thy will, not mine, be done. Help me not only remember the catechism shows us, and the Lord's Prayer showed us, shows us, this is a corporate prayer. Our Father, our Father in heaven. Help me, yes, me first, because I'm the greatest sinner. Help us too, our children. It's what the people of Israel confessed in verse 29 to us and to our children. That belongs to us to do, our, to do Thy will. Grant that we, with our children, we're saying. Grant that we, the Catechism says, and all men, the church especially, together, obey Thy will. And soon, 
He answers. God answers in the very way of prayer. There's something mysterious here I cannot explain. It's not because of your praying. It's because of His grace and Holy Spirit. He's the one that sweetly and powerfully bends your will. But as we pray, when we pray, even while we are praying, He is changing our will and aligning our will to His. Because He's the very one that brings us to our knees to pray. Which is not naturally what we are willing to do. And as we pray, Thy will be done. He bends our will. And one day, our prayer, He will answer perfectly when He returns and cause us to do His will willingly and faithfully as the very angels in heaven. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Thy name, not our own. Thy name be glorified. Thy kingdom, not ours. Thy kingdom come to pass. Thy will, not mine, not ours. But Thine be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray these things, especially requesting, petitioning for Thy Holy Spirit to work in us so that hallowing Thy name, seeking Thy kingdom, and doing Thy will becomes more and more our priority in life. For Jesus' sake, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. It is our hope that it was edifying to you. Please subscribe to our podcast. We publish daily meditations, Heidelberg Catechism Lord's Day sermons on Wednesdays, and topical podcasts on Fridays. You can find more information about us at our website, hopeprchurch.org, and you can email us with any questions or feedback at hoperwc at gmail.com. Thank you.